0: Welcome back to the Coaches Rising podcast. And I'm in a great mood. We're in the midst of the our summit right now called The Evolution of Coaching. And there's always this moment in the summit where where it drops, like something shifts and something starts to emerge out of the collection of all the teachings and conversations in the summit, which is greater than the sum of the parts. And that happened to me a few days ago as I spoke with Spring Chang, Steve March and Jeremy Johnson. And yeah, I just really started to get this deeper cut of what might be emerging in our field in, in the coming years. So I'm hoping to share that conversation and others with you at some point. But if you're wanting to check them out now, you can head to our website or just go to coachesrising.com forward slash summit and just check out. There's loads of great stuff in there. Today, I am joined by Toku McCree. Again, I had Toku on the podcast a couple of times and I always really appreciate his sincerity and authenticity around what coaching is and also around the business of being a coach. I will be speaking with Toku about that today. So, yeah, I think, you know, as we've probably discussed before, it's often the side of being a coach that many coaches struggle with. And so we're going to explore in this conversation a lot of different topics like what does connecting to our core purpose have to do with being a business owner, a coaching business owner. We're going to talk about sales and connection we're going to talk about marketing, company, marketing strategy, time and money, uh, vision and leadership. So all of these are kind of an amalgamation of things that Toku is talking about in his coaching NBA. So it's a rich conversation. I hope you enjoy it. And just before we dive in, if you feel like sharing this or other podcasts, I'd really appreciate it. And if you just want to check out what we're up to in general, just head to coachesrising.com. You can join our ever-growing global community of coaches by putting your name in the sign-up box there on the homepage. All right, that all being said, let's dive in. Here's the podcast with Toku McCree. Toku, good to be with you again, brother. And uh, you're in... uh different climes at the moment, different climates. Well, how are you doing? Where are you right now? I'm
1: doing great. I'm in Madrid. I'm in uh, just north of central part of Madrid. We're in the little vintage district. We're surrounded by these little vintage shops everywhere, which is very interesting. And uh, yeah, we're just traveling for the summer, enjoying some of the benefits of being a coach and having a flexible schedule. And um, you know, I, I feel like one of those like, Instagram coaches that are like, look at my amazing lifestyle. I'm working from Madrid. That's the I'm doing that right now, I guess.
0: Right? You just like uh, get a different background behind you each time and pretend you're in a different exotic location like That's right. Hawaii it's just in or... the rooms of my house really and like I just I you know do
1: a little new interior design so
0: <laughs>
1: pipe some authentic street, you know
0: sounds of the street in from Yeah, people speaking Spanish outside. Como está? Well, actually we're going to we're going to kind of dive into the business of coaching today is like our main focus and we'll of course we'll see like where where we end up um but i just like actually love to invite you to tell us about the coaching nba first of all like it's the program you put out recently and you know i like your other offerings and uh, i was like oh that looks that, i'd like to join that that looks really cool <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah um i just wondered if you could tell us what it is and why you created it yeah yeah sure so,
1: you know, I, I've worked a lot on coach training. I've worked on coaches being better. And what I found was that a lot of the coaches that would work and build their confidence then would struggle in business. Not all of them, right? But like there was often this missing piece of like, okay, I'm a great coach, right? And coaches love to take training. I mean, you know, your whole, whole business is built on this, right? Like coaches love to train and get better. But then there's this disconnect in coaches' mind of like, I'm a great coach, but I'm bad at business. And to me, that's like the craziest thing in the world because all of the skills, all of the attention, all of the mindsets, all of those things that make you a great coach are the same things that can have you be very successful in business. So I realized for myself, like uh, I wanted to help coaches close that second gap, right? So they're good coaches, they've done some training.
0: Now, how do I go out and
1: actually build a successful practice and do it in a way that, feels good that inspires me that has me do it day after day month after month year after year um all sort of in the ultimate goal of, I just want there to be amazing coaches in the world and coaches have to have a business for them to be in the world so um the way I created the coaching MBA was the way I create everything so I just looked at like everything I've learned I've been a coach six or seven years now everything I've learned in seven years to coach all of my friends that are super successful coaches and I tried to like boil it down to like, what is the most essential things? Like if you, if I had to like, if I only had six days to teach you about coaching business and I had to cover a different subject every day, what would I teach you in that, in those six days? And so the, the topic's really simple. So it starts with purpose. Like, why are you a coach? Like, why do you want to be a coach? Why do you want to have a business? Like, why are you doing this commitment? So how to create commitment in your clients, which is essentially sales, right? But. Coaches don't like sales, so I don't use that word as much. I talk about how to create commitment in your clients. Connection, which is essentially marketing. Marketing is just creating connection one-on-one and then creating connection at scale. Leadership, how do you lead yourself and how do you lead your clients powerfully? Because coaching is a form of leadership. Time, um, because time is, you know, we have to figure out what to do with our day, how to manage it, how to be effective with it. And then money, because money trips everybody up, right? How to set your prices, how to manage your money, all of it. So those six subjects, purpose, commitment, connection, leadership, time, and money, those are the things that I struggled with, you know, day zero of my coaching practice. Now, six years later, those are the same questions I'm asking again and again. Like, okay, what, why am I a coach now? Like, am I inspired by the same things? Like, am I creating the kind of commitments that inspire me? Or am I putting stuff out into the world that's generating connection? Am I leading myself and my clients powerfully? Am I using my time well? And I, I, um, Do I have a powerful relationship to money? So I, I just ask those questions again and again and again. And so what I hope to teach in the program and what I, you know, hopefully we'll talk a little bit about today is like business can feel really complicated, but it's actually very simple. It's just these six things on different levels of scale, right? Huge multimillion dollar, few thousand dollars business. It's all those same six things forever.
0: Mm, Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I, what I appreciate about our previous conversations, it's not, you know, there's a lot out there, which is like six figure coaching business in six days and all these kind of claims, but it's, it's like, no, there's, it's, it's developmental. It's going to transform you to become a coaching entrepreneur. Yeah. And, and, And actually that will feed into the quality of your coaching too. Yeah. I mean, they
1: really go back and forth. Like, I think this idea that like, there's the coaching part and the business part which one people get in their heads and two, a lot of marketers like, well, you're a great coach, but you don't have any clients, that whole thing. Um, It's all, it's all nonsense. Like, it's really that like, if you develop a great practice that will improve your coaching, if you work on your coaching and apply those same things that you're doing great in your coaching, like curiosity, attention, commitment, embodiment, if you take those things and then apply them to um, your business, you're going to be successful as well.
0: Hmm. yeah i mean we i think we're going to unpack these six areas and i was just reflecting myself recently around i think this first this first one you mentioned around purpose you know like because it seems to me like periodically i go through these these cycles of of like getting fired up around my work as a coach and and like a new layer or level of it crystallizing and 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 then you know I go through a period of like coaching two three years or whatever and then it's like suddenly I'm not at my edge anymore it's like mm-hmm. I've, I've kind of like worked through that we could call it a purpose and now there's a space like where and actually it's interesting because then it can become really in, important for me to, to to get back on my edge again of like embodying that purpose because otherwise my coaching can start to feel a bit flat or you know i'm not as excited by it anymore perhaps by the clients i'm working with anyway i'm just curious if that resonates with you and like what do you yeah. do with coaches around this notion of purpose yeah yeah program? yeah
1: yeah i mean what's funny is i have a lot of coaches come in the program and they're like well i just feel like i have such a calling and then i'll ask okay why are you a coach and they typically tell me the story about how they became a coach which is great right typically someone inspired them or they took a lot of personal development classes or they went on a, you know, some sort of retreat in Costa Rica and they had this epiphany. And, um, so that's sort of how they became a coach, but I asked them, okay, but what, but why are you a coach? Like what, what is the change you want to create in the world? And a lot of them kind of struggle. They don't really know. It's, it often is an internal feeling, but it's not well-defined. So, I mean, the way that I work on coaches with purpose is like, we look at it from all these different angles. Cause I, I think it's not just one thing, right? So I have a very clear mission statement for my life that came from my time at the monastery, which is um, my purpose in life is to serve those walking the path of awakening in a deep and fundamental way. So everything I do, like all of the businesses I have, the way I try to be in relationship, it's all in service of awakening, right? That's what it is. And so, but then my business is sort of its own purpose underneath that, right? So why am I a coach? Well, part of my coaching is Leadership coaching. I work with executives, and to me, an awake awake executive, an executive who's present to compassion and deep wisdom, inspires everyone around them to have more compassion and wisdom. And a leader that's unconscious and angry and you know acting childish inspires other people to be angry and unconscious and childish. So I want to create leaders that are awake, but it's un, you know still in that same purpose. And then I work with coaches because I want there to be more coaches in the world creating awakening. So I, I just want to create coaches that have money. I want to create coaches that are really creating awakening in the world. So that's how I look at my purpose. And and those have changed, right? The way those get manifested and how they look have changed over time. That's why I've had three or four different offerings as a coach. That's why my kind of client focus has changed, but that core purpose has stayed the same. So when I'm with coaches, I like to look at, have a look at from all these different angles. So I have them do things like, you know, we reflect on like, at the end of your life, what do you want your legacy to be? That kind of question. We look at, this concept called essence, which i learned from an incredible coach, um, Hans Phillips, where it looks at like, who were you when you were born? And what are the, the traits you sort of put on or learned to survive your childhood? We look at it from reflections from other people. We, we look at all these different angles. And then I ask people to write a mission statement. And not just once, I actually ask them to take on the practice of writing it every day. Because I did that for, when I was a first a coach, I wrote it for two years. Every day I wrote my mission statement. And so at first it was just like, you know, the same thing. But over time I was like, okay, this word isn't quite right. So I tweaked it. And there was something powerful about that process of creating it and recreating it every day where I I developed a deep relationship to it in a way that I I don't, I think we think, let me go get my niche, my ideal client, I'll write it down and then put it away. And instead for me, it's like this daily practice, this daily process you have to engage with.
0: Well, that that to me is important what you're saying, because yeah, I, I'm not so interested in like a a purpose statement or a mission statement that's not lived. Yeah. It's just in a drawer and you forget about it. So I find that fascinating and um, speaks to me about how I know you, like Tokyo, like you did that every day for for like two years, but because writing it out in that way is an embodied act, isn't it? It's like you're, you're sitting, you've got a, a dedicated time for it. You're, you know, you're not just writing it out as if, you know, um, without thinking about it it's like i imagine that you were in a specific mood or like attitude as you were writing which allowed your connection to it to deepen and to refine in some way that so that it was a practice and not just a you know uh, a task
1: right like a homework
0: assignment you know i think that's
1: the way a lot of people look at it it's like you know it's a university homework assignment i write my purpose essay and then i forget about it versus like An embodied thing you did. I mean, the thing that you said earlier, which is that your purpose changes over time, that's totally my experience. Um, Maybe there's a core purpose that stays the same, but how that purpose gets expressed shifts. And so if you have this relationship to it where it's a living document, you're checking in with it, you're seeing how it gets embodied, then it lives as part of you. And the reason why I think that's so important for coaches is that for every coach, and I think, you know, we've talked about this a little bit earlier in the different phases of your business, like you hit these periods where it's like, it's hard. It's not easy to be a coach, right? That's what all the marketing is like, well, you've got all the clients and it's just great. You know, And then your life is perfect forever. And you know, and then you die beautifully laying on a bed of roses or something. Um, but it's, uh, you know, business is up and down, right? And so you're going to have those dark nights of the soul where maybe you're not getting a lot of clients or you're working with clients, but aren't inspiring. And so the question is, how do you keep going? And that's why I start with that. Cause you know, the, what I, the program's really rigorous i mean like i like to do rigorous things but it is like a this is a very serious program for coaches like i really i ask people to do a lot like i ask them to do a lot of work ask them to think really deeply about their, their process and who they are and so i know for them like if i don't give them an anchor point or a north star I'm mixing that metaphors here but if i don't give them that at the beginning they're never going to make it to the end of the program there's just no way because it's too rigorous and I think that's true. Of business owners as well. Without that core purpose, without that reason why you're doing it, that to touch back in with, it's easy to just drift off to do what's popular, or to like just stop doing it because you don't you don't feel inspired.
0: Mm. Um, I, I want to move on to this, but there's something around this which is like, um, what are you like? What are you looking for? What are you guiding the people in the program into around purpose, like? I imagine that's very dependent upon the person itself, but is there a sense of like that people can land in um land in a kind of like livingness of that purpose and that that they they feel it when they land in it? And yes, it's um an ongoing thing. It's not like you do it once and then it's dead, but but that that then will begin to shine through when they're meeting new clients you know in some way it's compelling like i'm just curious like yeah yeah what you're seeing in the participants in the program and how you guide them if you guide them into something like that yeah.
1: yeah well there's an exercise we do it's just essence exercise that i think is the most powerful and part of what they do is go out and interview people and they ask the people like what do you what do you see in me basically there's some specific questions but um what blows everybody away is like how incredible other people see them, you know, cause our view of ourselves is like, you know, I, you know, I look at the mirror and I'm like, okay, wait, well, you know, I'm losing my hair, my beard's a little too long today. And I could use, you know, I could probably lose about five pounds and um, our opinion of ourselves, And then my coaching, well, my coaching is not that great. That client said, no, we have this sort of distorted view. And what's amazing for people in the program is when they have other people reflect to them, what their essence is, they're like, Oh, wow. That's, that's who I am. Like, not like, This is some egoistic thing that I'm talking myself to be. People relate to me as as passion, as integrity, as um, depth, as love, as connection. People relate to me that way. And so I think that exercise in particular has people get like, okay, this is who I am for the world. Who am I to dim that light, to hide who I am? Like, Who am I to not be that? because ultimately, I think coaches, like they they want that. They want to have an impact on others. and so they 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 see like, okay, kind of without really even doing anything that's who I am, what would be possible if I leaned into that and expressed and took risks and was courageous and and offering what I have to do in the world? What would be possible then? And so um, I think they do all have that experience of like really kind of getting who they are in a really deep in a deep way. And it does it gives them a sense of of trust in the process, which,
0: you know, as a coach, it's so important that you have trust in the process. Mm. As I hear you speak, I'm like, "Ah, oh, what's Toku's essence?" And I was like, "I was like, oh, it's definitely yeah, like depth, uh, awakening, calling people into awakening." And then I was like, "There's something around like," um, and I'm just throwing this out, so you know, whatever yeah, yeah. it lands on that. But like impeccability, like deep sincerity, uh, with rigor and like an impeccable standard. And again, that's just like not really. Yeah. Um, it's just bubbling up. So it probably will clarify it, but I know I just wanted to throw that out and yeah. see how that lands. Yeah. And when I'm with you, like my, what I'm most present to
1: is like your, your curiosity, uh, your generosity, like love. Like I, I feel this thing really deeply. I feel incredible connection with you every time we talk. Um, you actually get words. Your essence comes in words um, in five or six words. So my essence is brilliance, integrity, which is probably that impeccability you're talking about. Right. Yeah. Commitment, yeah. passion,
0: play and adventure yeah yeah very nice yeah Yeah. thanks for being willing to share those as well yeah
1: of course of course um
0: well well, let's talk about like one of the others like which one are you drawn to right now of the other five
1: yeah i mean i could talk about commitment but you and i have done a whole if people haven't listened to the podcast about i can't remember what it's called but it's essentially about sales
0: yeah Um, that's a really uh, great one yeah yeah. Um, from a few years back we'll, we'll link to that yeah we'll link to
1: that one yeah so go if you want to do the commitment thing I talked about it better in that podcast and I'm I don't want to try to redo it because I'll just I'm like well oh, great but I'll just give a little brief thing so commitment is just like my belief is that um the sales conversation is a coaching conversation around commitment and all the things that make you a great coach can make you great at sales so that's the sort of trailer version and now go listen to the other podcast if you're interested in that yeah yeah um Let's talk about, let's talk about connection. Cause I think that that's the other thing coaches are really struggling with. I find that coaches have the hardest time with sales and marketing because it feels, they have this idea that like, it's not coaching, right? It's like, Oh, I, you know, the coaching is connection and generous and sales is like sleazy and like, you know, and then marketing is even worse. It's like, you know, I have to do a thousand Instagram posts. And um, so w- the way that I talk about marketing is that marketing is simply creating connection at scale. Right. So, um, and you know, part of this is I realized actually after getting such a great response in that first rep- podcast, I, know that. I mean, thank you for that again. I still get people coming to the coaching MBA because of that podcast. Um, what I realized when I asked people like, well, what was it about that podcast that was so powerful? Um, the feedback I get is always two folks. So one, like, they're like, I love the way you talked about, about sales. I love the way you talked about commitment. And then two, they said like, you just came off as really authentic as really like heartfelt and, and attentive. And what I realized that um, you and I did on that podcast, and I think that actually you do in a lot of your podcasts is that people really got a sense of who I was and who you were in a way that it connected with them. They're like, Oh yeah, I kind of feel like I know who Toku is. Right. And I, right. I want to know him better. Right. So to me, I was like, Oh, that's just connection. It's like, if you and I were to, you know, run and you know, meet at a tapas bar in Madrid and we were chatting, you'd get like a feeling of me, like a, this is how I am. And this is my essence in the world. Um, really great marketing. It's just that, but not having to be in person, right? It's your writing. It's the way that you talk about your work. It's the, the, the communities you're a part of. It's the way you choose to show up in life. So that's all marketing is, right? We, we tend to think about marketing as like, it's an ideal customer and a niche and
0: messaging, but like fundamentally, it's just connection and scale. Mm. So- then for someone listening, um, they might be like, okay, so connection, that sounds great. And um, like, actually um, I say that, and it sounds a bit trite, but we was kind of starved for connection. I think in some ways there's a lot of bullshit around and yeah, um, you know, I think there's quite a lot of bullshit around in the coaching community around um, mm-hmm. teaching coaches how to build businesses, you know? Um, so yeah, like let's kind of like tease that out a little bit more. Um, you said like, yeah, it's just about being, or in a sense, like sharing yourself, creating a connection in these different ways that you can. And so, let, like, like what, what would you advise someone to do? Basically, I guess yeah, I was trying yeah. to searching for like, how, <laughs> how do you like apply that? Yeah, that's the yeah. question. Like,
1: I mean, I think it starts off with like um, feeling into like. Uh, who who you love to serve. And I don't think it needs to be like a niche. It could be like, who are people that inspire you? Or who would you like to coach? And then thinking about like, who, you know, what do they need to hear? Or if you were to write them a personal letter, how, how would you reach out to them? Or if you wanted to, uh, you know, get their attention on YouTube or speak to them on a podcast, like, what would you say to them? Right? Starting from that love perspective I mean, that I put this, we, we share this in the last podcast, but I have this book, this coaching devotional, which I've given away to your listeners. Which I, we're going to do it. I'll give it away in this podcast too. But that whole book, it was a 30 day book. I had a friend who was starting coaching. I literally sat down every day for 30 days and wrote him a letter. And I just said like, here's my letter to you about coaching today. I'm like, here's what I want to say to you about coaching today. That's how it started. And, um, what I love about the book when I read it is it feels really personal, right? Even when I'm reading, I'm like, Oh wow, somebody's writing to me personally right? And it's not addressed, you know, dear coach, it, you know, it, it's, it's formatted like a regular book, but there's a, there's a, uh, there's something very personal about it in the way that it's created. It's not on the mountaintop shouting off, look at me, look at me. It's like, okay, this is what I want to say to you. Like, this is what's important to say. And so because it feels so personal, it creates a certain kind of connection with people. And so, um, you know, what I, what I start people off in the course, is like, okay, well, like, who do you, who do you love to serve? Right. Who have you loved coaching and why? And, Tell me about them. Like we make it really, really personal. And then I, I challenge everybody in the program, like, okay, great, you're gonna make something for that person, for that one person or those two or three people, you're gonna make something for them. It can be an article, it can be a podcast, it can be a video. Cause I think the reason why people hate marketing is it's like, well, I'm just putting something out there and nobody reads it. And it's like, you know, it's like putting your school project up on the wall and hoping that you get like a blue ribbon or something. And that's not what it is. I mean, great marketing is like, I'm making you a gift right? Whoever you are making you a gift. And the truth is, that if, you, if I were to make a, 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 a YouTube video just for Joel, for you, Joel, my guess is there's a lot of people who are like you, who care about what you care about. So I made it for you. So a lot of people will be like, oh, wow, it feels like Toku made that video for me, right? Even though it's made for Joel, there's a lot of people like you. So people are going to feel like it's for them. But if I make it for like everybody, it just kind of feels like everything else, you know. It's flashy, and you know, maybe it kind of razzle dazzles you a little bit, but it doesn't feel really, really personal. So that's where I get people started with, so that their relationship to creating content to marketing becomes very personal. And all great marketing is actually really about deeply understanding what motivates people and speaking directly to them. And so when we let go of this idea of like, it's got to be this great content, buzzy words, and like, you know. Flashy Instagram post, but actually something very personal. One, it gets easier to create, and two, it actually gets more effective because that kind of content, that way of speaking,
0: really cuts through all the noise because it's just so different than what's out there. How how do you find that? Because you, you wrote, you know, you spoke about this this book that you created for your friend, um, and this connection that was there in our, you know, one of the first podcasts we did. Um, how I guess I'm like ask, wondering what that feels like for you, you know, and you're, you're describing it because there's, there's something like we're talking about like being authentic in a way and like the, this dynamic between creating something for someone that we really like or we admire and then it's also coming from us. Isn't it something we really care about? And
1: yeah.
0: I'm just curious um, what that process is like for you internally you know, like, because I imagine there's a spectrum, maybe I'm overly complicating the question, but on the one hand, I there's like I completely like um, superficial or like uh, strat- strategic marketing, you know, that's like all about trying to enroll clients and following a formula. And on the other end, there might be just like pure art, you know, and I'm just wondering where you fall in that spectrum, if it's the right spectrum and what it's like for you.
1: Well, I mean, I want to be clear, like, this is the um, ideal that I'm shooting for. There are definitely times where I'm like, oh, I got to write better copy or I don't know what to put in this blog post. So I mean, I, you know, I'm a human being. I don't live on a perfect marketing copy. And I don't know if I'm the most brilliant marketer ever. That's actually not concerned with, is my marketing really, really brilliant? I want my marketing to feel really authentic. I want it to feel like you're talking to me as much as possible when I'm speaking to you. And so um, when what say it's best, it's like... Um, I know if you're ever a kid, you like me, if you're like your mom and your dad, like a mother's day or father's day card, you like, couldn't, couldn't wait to give it to them. Like when I'm doing my best creation, it's like that, right? When it's the worst, it just feels like I'm trying to like do mark marketing in the right way, right? Like I'm trying to like, do it strategically. And then the result is typically not as good when I write really from the heart, when I'm creating it for people, um, it's better. And I will say that as I've gotten better at it, I found a way to find a balance between like, it has to be somewhat strategic. I got to think about like, you know, what, what words sound good to my people, right? Um, and like, what's the language they use, right? The way I, I talked about it the other day, I don't have a cup here. Is It's like, um, a lot of coaches are like, well, I can't, I don't know how to do marketing because like, I don't know how to put what's in the cup. Like what's in the cup is all this stuff. And like, I don't know how to talk about it. And I'm like, okay, well, people don't need the cup. They just need the handle. And the handle is like, you know, if I made a cup with a handle that looked like a snake and you're scared of snakes, you're not going to, you are like, okay, I don't want to grab that handle, right? But if the this handle looks like a nice flower, like a comfy, you know, a comfy sofa or something, I'm going to want to grab that handle. So for your people, you got to find what really works for them, right? I'm not going to write a poem that sounds good to me. I want to write a poem that appeals to you. So there's a little bit of that strategy in there as well. But so now I find that I, I'm, I have a balance of like, I can feel into what is it my people really need to hear? What do they want to hear? What am I inspired to create, and how do I combine those two things together in a way that is art that serves a purpose or makes sense? It's not just me shouting at myself in an echo chamber, but also not like I'm just trying to use the you know six figures and ten clients and whatever it is that I think will will hook you, right? The hooky words. I'm finding that balance between the two. So that's what I aspire to. And then you know, I as soon as I made my coaching MBA website, the immediate feedback was it's pretty good, but it could feel more like you. Okay, great. I gotta go just built it and I'm already back to the drawing board, but um, that's what I aspire to. And that's what I want it to feel
0: like. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. And there's something about, you, you know, like the, the, that, that there's something beautiful about that dynamic of creating something from you, but for others, you know, it's not just in the art studio making stuff for yourself. It's like, it's fat, it's formed and forged in relationship with the world. And um. And then I'm, I guess I get curious about then, do you talk to coaches about how do they get that work they've created in front of those people? Because that's always been, for me, one of the the most, um, um, you know, kind of maybe difficult, but like, oh, how do, I, how do I reach people part? You know, like what's the strategy for that? Yeah. Do I, yeah.
1: yeah, we do talk about that. I mean, I, I think for most coaches, it's not the... Um, a lot of coaches start there. So it's like, I'm gonna do Instagram ads or I'm gonna do Facebook ads. And you, know, you do a Facebook ad of something that's not very good, you're not gonna get great results. So we talk about that, but that's not the, that's not the fundamental piece. The fundamental piece is the connection piece. Yeah. And you know, the truth is like, you just have to figure out. So first it's like, okay, who are your people? Like, what do they really need to hear? That's sort of the first level. And then the question is, where are my people and how do I get them to pay attention? Those are sort of the second two questions. So we, we work a little bit on this, these first two things, because that's actually where most people get stuck. The truth is like, the reason why most coaches don't have good marketing is they're not doing anything. They're not writing any content. They're not producing anything into the world. They're not on podcasts. They're not doing YouTube videos. They're not going to conferences. They're not engaging. They're just not doing any marketing. It's not a, literally if coaches just did anything at all, that would be better than nothing. Because that's most, what mostly they do. I really want to do marketing, but I don't know what to do. So I'm going to do nothing. So my goal is just to get them to do anything first, right? Because that would be helpful. Because the truth is, as you start to do stuff, you get stuff that works. So I didn't, you know, when we did our first podcast, you were just starting podcasting. You didn't have that many listeners. I, you know, i had done podcasts. I had no idea if it was going to be like, you know, this is great. But I was like, well, I like Joel and let's just do it, you know? And and I just brought all of myself. I wasn't like, okay, this guy doesn't have a top 10, whatever. I'm just going to show up and be lazy. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to just show up fully. And that's paid dividends, right? It's part of why I've come back to the show. It's part of why I've tried to get another podcast because I was like, oh, okay. You know, you put stuff out there and eventually something's kind of a hit and you're like, okay, well, how do I, okay, there's something there. How do I duplicate that? Okay. Do I do another podcast? Do I talk about that subject again? It's why, I mean, I was working on a second book and I decided that book was sales because the podcast we did was so popular. I was like, okay, people want to hear about this from me, right? So the first part of it is putting it out there. And the second part is listening. So you got to identify where your people are. Are your people on Facebook? Or are they on Instagram? Are they on blogs? Are they on YouTube? And then still, because marketing is mostly a long game, it's okay, I'm going to put stuff out there and see what works, right? It's, you, it's a lot of love and expression and then seeing what comes back. And that requires a lot of patience and commitment. And that's why I think it's so important that the marketing you're creating comes from this authentic place, that it feeds you, even if like, it doesn't have a response like everything i've I, I aspire to this knock on wood i hope this is true everything i put out there i'm glad that it's out there even if like one person read it it's, it came from my heart i'm inspired that i created it um it's something that i felt the world needed to say some of it's really brilliant some of it's mediocre some of it's probably crap right but i'm like okay i put it out there right and so you have to answer those four questions but you have to answer them in a way that really comes from your heart and then is really curious otherwise you start to shift from this place that most coaches don't like, which is like, it's all strategy. It's all in your head. It's all disconnected from coaching. It's impersonal. It's, you know, mechanical and it's not going to feel good. It's not going to be inspiring and you're not going to do it. You know, you might do it for a couple of weeks, um, but you're going to stop. That's why I don't, I don't like, or teach any of the like hard, you know, like message hundred people on LinkedIn or like Facebook message, every person in a, in a group and like, you know, just brute force it because, I just find that so not heartfelt. It's just a numbers game. And my clients are not numbers, you know? And everything I teach is like exactly the stuff that I did to build my practice. And what, what I know most other coaches have done, maybe with a higher level of complexity, right? But like, one of the things I want to acknowledge you for is like in, I see a lot of your ads on Facebook and I don't know if you ever just Instagram, but on Facebook for sure. And they're just great. Like they're personal, they're appealing to what coaches want um they're inspiring there's something about them that really rings as authentic it's not flashy and dazzling like it's okay hey we have this thing we think it would be helpful do you want to take it it has that energy to it and to me that's why like i love you know i, I like i have, like read your ads and like oh it's a good ad you know because it's personal and authentic mm-hmm. so you figured out how to do it at scale on a facebook ad right which is sort of the strategy piece and i'm sure you figured out our people are on facebook and they're this you know you've done all that work but it starts from this core of like who are my people what do they need to hear? Where are they and how do I get their attention? Um, those four questions in a really heartfelt way over and over again, you know, hundreds of times.
0: And I think this is really beautiful because it's what built our business is that is that connection to purpose. You know, like it, if it didn't start from that place, like we were very naive about entrepreneurship when we started out. And A, it was the thing that, um, that kept us going, like being connected to our purpose when things didn't work out. And B, it was the very thing that had people start collaborating with us as we move forward. And that's what I felt like. I remember when I, when I think it was the first time I saw you or met you, you're an event. And I was just really into the way you were holding space. And, you know, so we talk about leadership and purpose. Like I imagine there was something about the way you were holding space there that, that was connected to this, this purpose of of um depth and awakening and you know um holding spaces in ways that people you know something emerges and it's it's more than what was there before and that's what had me want to reach out to you and do that podcast and then there was this leadership and and authenticity in that first podcast you know i remember you at one point you slowed me down you said hey hang on a minute you said something there and you know i was a bit like whoa okay But it was good because it took the conversation deeper, and so, um, so there's there's I guess I'm just reflecting back. Yeah, there's it's not like a linear, step by step process that um, you know has a kind of incremental uptick. There there's a you know there's a somewhat like um, non-linear or or like emergent quality to it over time. Like you say, yeah, if you stay in the game and keep doing these things, these it builds momentum, builds so.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I think people have this idea. It's, it's weird. Like coaches have a super growth mindset around like limiting beliefs, but when it comes to marketing and sales, they're like, either you're really good at it. Right. Or you're not. And, like, and so people will come into the program, like, I'm not a great marketer. And I'm like, well, what does that even mean? They're like, well, I'm not, I'm not any good at it. Okay. Well, what are you not good at? I don't know marketing. I don't know who my people, I don't know who my niche is. I tried to do a customer profile. I don't know what it is. I'm like, okay. So if you know, we look at marketing as a thing totally learnable. Anybody can learn how to market. Anybody can learn how to sell. Anybody can learn how to coach. Some people are going to be naturally better. Some people are going to take longer, but anybody can learn how to do it. That's my fundamental belief. There is not a coach in the world who cannot develop marketing that feels good and works and cannot sell in a way that feels good and works. It's my fundamental belief. And Everyone can do it. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you think I can't do it, blah. Don't, well, first of all, just if that's what you actually think, just don't be quick. Quit coaching right now. Bail out because coaches are here to be possible. So be possible for yourself, right? So anyone can do it. That's my fundamental belief. I could be wrong, but I don't care. It's what I'm declaring into the world right now. So then we have to look at like, okay, if everyone can do it, why aren't people doing it? And I'm like, okay, well, the main reason why is that people focus super on tactics. Well, I got to do Instagram ads or Facebook ads, or I got to do blog posts, which is a tactic, not a strategy. It's a thing you can do, right? So before tactics, you have to have strategy. And a lot of what I teach is the strategy, like who are your people? And you have to have this understanding. And how do I get to them? That's the strategy. But to me, before that is heart. Without heart, your strategy is crappy. It's, 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 it's needy. It's graspy. It's hooky. It's manipulative. Not in a good way, in a bad way. And tactics, even worse. If you're doing tactics without heart, oh, man, you're just, it's super weird. It's, you know, nonsensical. You're just throwing stuff up on the internet. And that's most of what I see. But it's just, ah, you know. And like coaches who are trying to pretend they've been doing it 20 years and they've been doing it six months, months—it's just, you know, totally dishonest. So to me, I'm like, start with heart, start with your love of people, start with your curiosity, start with your desire to speak to people in a way that's meaningful, start with heart. And if you start with heart, then build strategy. As long as you keep that heart and that strategy, you're going to be doing fine. You know, mm-hmm. every, every coach I know whose strategy is filled with heart does great. Now they're not, I don't want to say they're the most successful multimillion dollar coaches, There are definitely coaches out there that are super successful, great marketing, my experience of them and their content, no heart, super formulaic. So you can get successful, but like, that's not what I'm about, right? I don't want to create coaches that are super successful, no heart. I want to create coaches that are successful and have heart. And then same thing with tactics. If you have a great strategy, it's got heart and you put heart into your tactics. Every post you write has heart. Everything you put out there has heart, you know, or or you do your best to do that then how can you lose? Like, how can you lose? Even if nobody reads it, how can you lose? You put your heart out there. You've expressed, you created art. And in my experience, almost every coach I know who does that is committed to putting stuff, content out there that serves people, that connects with them, that comes from their heart. Like almost, it's almost guaranteed success. Like, I don't know anybody who has done that for an extended period of time, six months, a year. And they're like, no, I don't have any clients. Nobody. All the coaches do I know that don't, it's because they don't put anything out there. They put stuff out there. It has no heart. So if you want guaranteed success, heart strategy tactics, but heart, 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 heart and heart. Like that's the thing. It's got to come from your heart. Mm
0: -hmm. Nice. Nice. Um, Well, yeah, no, I I feel that. I feel that. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm struck by how many coaches, maybe I was listening to this, who maybe they're having a bit of an epiphany there. Like I'm not doing anything and do something. So and I, yeah. like, I wonder about talking about um, leadership or money. Like Those are where I get drawn, but uh, sure. I'm just curious where we go. Because like money, money always seems like, I mean, we might have talked about this before, so maybe you feel like leadership is, is actually more impactful. So I'll, I'll let you choose. Yeah, let's do leadership. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, money, I'll do just a quick thing on money and time, which is that most people have an unconscious and undistinguished relationship with time and money. So one of the exercises we do is I have people write out what's your relationship to money and what's your relationship to time. And people are like, well, I don't under, I don't understand. What do you mean? I'm like, well, what's your relationship to time? If time was a person, how would you relate to it? And the way most people relate to time is there's not enough of it. I'm bad. at I'm bad at using it. It stresses me out. And if that was a person. Like, let's say you had a person in your life. Where you're like, oh, God, I'm bad with you. I, every time you're, I think about you, I get stressed out. I feel like I can never see enough of you like that would be a weird relationship. Like that person would be like, Oh my God, what do I do? You know, this feels awful money, no different. Right. So people's relationship with money is there's not enough. I'm bad with it. You know, I can never get enough of it. So imagine again, if that was a person, like if you were like grasping at them all the time and scared of them and anytime they showed up, you like felt afraid and doubtful. Yeah. You'd have a crappy relationship with that person. So, um, If you want to have a better relationship with time and money, you have to understand your current relationship to it, which is totally created by your family, your upbringing, your past experiences. And then you got to decide what kind of relationship do you want to have with time? What kind of relationship do you want to have with money? And so if, oh, the relationship I want to have with time is I want to be relaxed. That's the relationship I want to have. People go, I can't be relaxed. I've got kids and bills. and Okay. Yeah. But you can have a relationship with with time that's relaxed, even if there's not a lot of it. And in fact, my experience is 10 minutes spent being with a person as if you had a thousand years to spend with them is better than 10 minutes freaking out about the fact you only have 10 minutes to spend with them. We used to this exercise in the dojo that was like, um, people had to enroll a client in 10 minutes. And everyone would be like, oh my God, it's not enough time. I'm like, you're right. But if you act like there's plenty of time, you'll be fine. I'm guaranteed the people that relaxed and breathe asked a question, but like, man, they got to so much in 10 minutes. Like 10 minutes was like a universe of time because of their relationship to it. Same with money, right? If, if your relationship to money is like, I don't want to look at it, or like it stresses me out, or I'm bad with it, or if I charge more then people are going to think whatever, right, about me, then anytime you deal with money, you're going to be all tight and weird. But if you're like, okay, my relationship with money I want to have is positive, right? I want to have money has positive regard towards me and I want to feel you know, neutral or excited or calm towards money. What's amazing is like all of a sudden, all of the stuff that you used to relate to money starts to shift. You know, that's, that's all I did. I remember used to doing my, I used to do my budget. I used to fight with my dad about money and I was like, I hate money. It's awful. And unsurprisingly, I didn't have any money. And at one point I was like, okay, I'm going to change my relationship with money. And now I sit down every week and I would say 80% of the time I do all my finances and I feel great about it. And guess what? I make a lot more money too, right? Because my relationship to money has changed. So time and money—that's all we do in those sessions. We talk about how to manage your money and stuff like that. Um, but it's—it's uh, it's really fundamentally about what your relationship to it is.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Funny, I said I was going to talk about leadership, and then I just—Well,
0: there's a lot. There's a lot condensed into that. We can talk about leadership now, and I could reflect on time and money, but uh, let's not. I'll just okay. let's go into um, let's go into yeah, leadership. Yeah. And that's yeah. the demonstration of like we can fit a lot about time and money in a, you know, a short space of time. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. And in, I mean, in the program, I have people do like budgets and plan their day, that kind of stuff too. There's practical stuff too. I think that stuff's important. It's more about the relationship. Than anything else. Um, okay. So, leadership. So, fundamentally, what you're doing as a coach is you're leading people, you're a leader. What you do is the most important thing I think coaches do is they have to stand in possibility with their clients. And and see what's out there from the place of possibility, because clients want to constantly get into a context of limitation, self-doubt. And I can't. Right? They're just like, I don't want to stand in possibility. That's scary. I'm going to stand over here in my comfort zone of what I know. Right. And our job as coaches is to stand in possibility. What's amazing is as coaches, we do that constantly. As soon as it gets to our business, we are over there with the client we're trying to change. I can't do it. I'm bad at marketing. I can't do sales. I can't raise my rates. Um, whatever it is, right? We just are out a possibility into limitation. So when I, when I teach this whole section of leadership, I start with how do you be possibility for your clients, but also how do you be possibility for yourself in your business? How do you consistently stand in possibility on a regular basis? Because otherwise you're just constantly limiting yourself. You're constantly preventing yourself from being successful. So leadership to me is like so important and powerful for coaches and how they serve their clients, but also how they serve themselves in their business. And to me, this is the probably the one that the most cross applies. If you can learn to lead powerfully in your business, you can learn to lead your clients powerfully. If you think you're leading your clients powerfully in your coaching, but in your business, you're afraid, you're a victim, you're, I can all the time, your clients are not getting your best coaching. If you can do that for yourself and your business, then it's way easier to do it for your clients, right? Because you're actually living the thing that you're teaching and working.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, So, how you know? Other than that general question of like, what, where are you not living into a sense of possibility, in the way that's impacting your leadership? Where, where could you begin to clarify and live into that sense of possibility? Like, how how do you invite coaches into their leadership? Like, what what is that journey like for you? And it's probably it's probably very individualistic, isn't it? Depending on the person. But well, I I mean, what I try to master
1: in all of these things is every person gets their own individual journey and everyone's doing the same thing, right? Cause it's,
0: I mean, for example,
1: one of the things I have people do at the very beginning is the meditation, I have them do a meditation called who am I, where they just breathe in the question, who am I? I have them do that throughout the whole program because it's an incredible meditation. So very same, but that experience journey, very different for each person. So with leadership, we start by just asking people, like, how do you, what do you think a leader is? What does it mean to be a leader? Um, and we have to examine their relationship to leadership. Because just like money and time, people have a weird relationship to leadership, what it means and what it looks like. So we start there. And then we start with the simplest version of leadership, which is you declare something that you want to do. It can be anything. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to work out three days a week. Because leadership always starts with declaration. I'm going to stand in possibility with my clients. And then we have you engage with that project. And then we, and it's not really about doing the project. It's about what shows up in the face of that. What are my excuses? What are the ways that I avoid taking action? What are the ways that I don't keep my word to myself? What is the way I don't keep my words to others? We start to really look at what actually shows up in the way of your leadership. Because whatever shows up in the way of your personal leadership is going to show up with your clients as well. So we, we like get your leadership on the court and we experiment with it to see how it actually works. Cause that's the most fundamental thing, right? Like what leaders do fundamentally just, you know, you one day were like, okay, I'm going to build a business to like help coaches be great at coaching or to improve coaches. You said that you were nobody. You had no business. No one knew about you. You didn't learn nothing. There were no Facebook ads, no websites. And now you have this incredible business. No different with me. One day I was sitting in Portland, Oregon. I was like, I'm going to be a coach. I had no credentials, didn't know what I was doing. No website, zero clients, zero money. And now here I am six years later, I'm a successful coach. You've got a thriving practice. So leaders have a vision. They declare it into the world. And then they deal with all the things that get in the way in order for that vision to become a reality. No different with your clients. With your client, you're sitting there, they're declaring, here's what I'm going to create over this year of coaching with you. And everything that happens in your coaching on the way to that, that's all the magic, right? Right. It's the, you know, the obstacles, the path, right? Whatever shows up, that's the magic. That's what you got to overcome. That's what you got to shift. That's what you got to change. So it's actually very simple to create leadership. Um, and it is amazing. people are amazed when they see, oh my God, here are the ways that I'm constantly getting in the way of myself. Here's the way that I use this excuse that I hide. Here's the things that I permit in myself as a leader. And if I can move those out of the way, can get a bit more reasonable, can become a bit more committed, find a way to get supported. I can literally just declare things and bring them into reality. And once I develop that trust in myself, like, okay, I say I'm going to write a book. I write a book. I say I'm going to build a program. I build a program. Once you've done that a few times, it's sort of easy, right? Like when I first built the coaching dojo, which is my previous offering, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. When I built the coaching, I was like, okay, I just said I was going to do it. And I was like, I'm not worried. I'll do it. It might take me more time or less time than I thought, but I knew I was going to do it because I've done it. You know, Four or five, six times in my business, I said, okay, I'm going to do this. And I've done it. I've raised my rates and I raised my rates. So, like you start to develop this trust with yourself that you can do it by simply just doing it, by figuring it out. Right. So that's what we work on when we work on leadership.
0: Mm. And I think you're you're alluding to this, but like you can feel that in a person. I mean, that's why we often say like you have to be doing the deep work yourself to, to be the best coach. Yeah. Cause more than any training you're going to get, it's like your interior development that I think will, will impact the 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 work you do with your client, and you can also feel that though with coaches, uh you know, other, it, there's a kind of like decompartmentalizing of their life, you know that yeah they're walking their talk, and you can feel that in their presence as they're with you, and there's something alluring about that too. It's like, you know, like this is a person that's, um, you know, gonna hold me in a certain container which is going to be potent, you know. There's there. Yeah. They're not going to let things go and they're here with their heart and their purpose and um, they're walking their talk. And that's that's what people want from a coach. So,
1: And I think people want to coaches want to get there, but they want to get there with by skipping the first step, which is like back in that place where back in that place where, you know, you and I were when we started our businesses, there, there was no evidence. And coaches always want to like, they're like, well, I want to know I can do it before I do it. Well, you don't, you literally do not know you can do it before you can do it. So the first declaration, that first one is, and maybe the first five or 10, I mean, some of them are still scary, right? Like those first few declarations are terrifying because you don't know. And you're like, well, what if I fail? And you know, you probably will fail a few times, but like, it's, that's the courage that it takes to be a coach. Right. I mean, like, you know, there's so many things you can do and not have very much courage, right? You can you know, go um, work in a big corporation. You can um, get a job that's inside your comfort zone, that doesn't require a lot of courage. But if you're going to be a coach, you've got to have courage. And this is a courageous field. We are working with people's hopes and dreams in the face of all the things that keep people stuck. And man, there are a lot of people that are stuck in the world. So, like, you know, the overwhelming, like natural force in the world is stay safe, stay where you are, do what's comfortable, do what's easy. Like that's the overwhelming force, maybe in society and in the world. And coaches are flying in the face of that. Let's not do what's normal. Let's not just do what our parents wanted us to do. Let's do what's possible. Let's, you know, really become fully expressed. Like that's, you know, that is top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, kind of work. And if you want to be working at that level, man, you got to have a lot of courage. It's courageous. And so if, if you're going to be in a career or do a job where you have to have that much courage, you've got to start with yourself. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it is terrifying to put your thing up there and say, I'm, you're a coach or raise your rates or, you know, decide to work with a client who's really hard to work with, because, you know, the, the truth is, it's like, you could fail, but you have to have that courage, you know, leadership comes from courage. And so if you aren't willing to have that courage, I would say, again, like, just don't, don't be a coach, go do something else that requires less courage. But if you want to be a coach, You got to learn how to be courageous for your clients. Yes. But also for yourself.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe this is a good place to bring our conversation to a close. And, you know, we packed a lot in there, Toku. And uh, again, like I really just enjoy hanging out with you because I think it's because of that. It's that connection and the authenticity and the the sincerity I feel that you bring to this. So um, where can we find out more about the coaching MBMA?
1: Yeah, so it's um, coachingmba.co. So .co. Um, that's the website, and um, I've got like you know a video on there. You can da- you know have the free download of the uh, my enrollment process, which is kind of different than what we talked about on the on the podcast. Um, so you can go there. It has information about the program. I write a blog. I talk about all this stuff. Right? I give away a ton of this stuff for free. So go there, and then also you know hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like I just want to talk to Toku like. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, probably on WhatsApp, if you search for me, there's not a lot of token McCree's, like just reach out to me and have a conversation. I'm, I'm very, people are always like, I think you're super busy. So I didn't reach out. I'm like, yeah, reach out. You know, I do a lot of conversations for free. So if you're just curious about something, just reach out and I'm happy to, to help you any way I can. And, and just like before, like, you know, if you're listening to this and you want like a deeper dive into my philosophy, I've got that the Samurai Coaching Devotional. Um, I'll give any of your listeners want a free copy of that. I'll give you guys a coupon link. It's a $25 book. You guys get it for free if you want. So a couple different ways to check out my stuff. Nice one. All right. Thanks, Toku. Yeah. Can I just thank you one more time before we sign off? <laughs> yeah, Did sure. Really yeah. yeah. That was- um, uh, I just, I really want to acknowledge you for your, for your generosity and curiosity. And um, I, I talk to a lot of people in the world of coaches and I've talked to a lot of people who are in business and my experience of you is just, you're just so heartfelt. And so genuine and so kind. And so, the reason why I keep coming on your podcast, you know, it's good for my business, right? But um, it's just because I really like love being with you. So, um, just thank you so much. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Toku.
0: Just a heads up again if you're not on our mailing list and you want to stay in the loop about other things we create, then.